the word from God through which the Holy Spirit brings us to praise our Savior this morning is our gospel text, Luke 17. I'd like to begin, though, with one of my favorite psalm passages. It's Psalm chapter 50, verse 15. Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you will honor me. That's one of the main passages that I had uh, my confirmation students always to memorize. I always gave that to them for memory work. And I'm sure some of you that uh, a few years ago had confirmation uh, probably had to rem memorize that services or that uh, as well. King James is the way I learned it. It's call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver thee and thou shalt glorify me. Well, that passage summarizes what we see happening in our text today, the story of the lepers. The lepers call on Jesus in their day of trouble and he delivers them. And one of them glorifies and honors him. For you see, dear fellow believers in Christ, Faith glorifies our merciful Lord. And may the Holy Spirit strengthen your faith today to glorify your merciful Lord. For you see, like those lepers, we glorify him with our pleas for mercy. And like that one Samaritan, we glorify him with our public thanks. So before we begin, though, we need to clarify some things. Before I became a pastor, I was a Lutheran school teacher for many years, and I was always amazed at some of the times when I would be teaching students or talking to students, I'd use words that I thought everybody knew, and then they'd sit there with these looks like, well, we use the words grace, and we use the words mercy, a lot in our church talk. Do you know the meaning of grace? Do you know the meaning of mercy? What's the difference? What's the difference, you ask? I'm glad you asked. Grace is when we get what we don't deserve. Mercy is really the opposite. It's when we don't get what we really do deserve. Grace is the love that we receive from God, though we don't deserve it. Mercy is when we do not receive the punishment that we really do deserve. So let's begin to discover how mercy and faith are involved in our lesson. Leprosy is a terrible disease. I was on a mission trip in India years ago, and I saw lepers firsthand. I saw, them, I saw people who had their hands completely dissolved or their feet totally gone or half of their face, just you could see the bones of their skull. But leprosy 
though it destroys the body. It also, in Jesus' day, destroyed a person socially. To keep it from infecting others, lepers could no longer live with their families or visit their friends. And cut off from others, even Jewish and Samaritan lepers would set aside their national differences just to have each other's company. They lived exiled in their own colonies, not allowed to come close to the healthy. And that's why in our text it says they stood afar off. And then they call out to Jesus. You see, there was no cure for the disease. Only a lingering, hopeless existence as an outcast. But here comes Jesus. Could he help? They cry out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. The Greek term is kerie eleison. Lord, have mercy. Do you see the beginnings of faith, though, here in that call? Why call out to Jesus if they didn't think he could help? Why call out if they did not believe he was merciful? You see, faith glorifies our Lord with pleas for mercy. Let's think about that plea for a moment. As I said, the Greek word kyrie eleison means Lord have mercy or have pity. Christians have called out those words in our liturgy for a millennium and a half. We've all sung, Lord, have mercy on us. Kyrie eleison in our liturgies, especially in the Lutheran church. But here again, have you thought about the meaning of those words? I think their meaning is sometimes lost on us. Oh yes, we say them again and again, but not with the same attitude that those ten lepers had. For you see, we live in an age that expects others to help. We deserve it, people think. Yes, if you can make it through life without needing help, that's best. But if and when you do need it, Many people think society just owes it to you. It's your right. For example, throughout history, the government has taken money to run the country. We call that taxes. But now many people expect the government not to take money from them, but to give money to them you know, if they feel they need it. It seems to be their right. I also read about a controversy in Tennessee. A fire department let a house burn down because it was outside of the city limits and the owner had not paid the annual fee required to have fire coverage on his home. Now we might argue that the fire department had an ethical obligation to help. But did the owner who did not pay the fee, ex have a right to expect it anyway? Of course not. As children of our age, we can fall into that kind of attitude. 
We don't want to feel needy, so we don't ask for help. But if we do need help, it's easy for us to convince ourselves that society owes it to us. Someone more wealthier than I am should be taking care of me right now. But you see, that, that feeling can also overflow into our spiritual life where we might think, Lord, I don't deserve this. I deserve a better deal from you, Lord. I've been good. But you see that cry, Kyrie eleison, have mercy on me. It says the exact opposite. It says, I have nothing to offer. You don't owe me a thing. But look at my wretched condition, Lord. Have compassion. Pity me, miserable creature that I am. See how much I need your help. Show me your mercy, Lord. Rescue me. Deliver me. Lord, have mercy on me. Those are humbling words that lay our souls bare before Jesus. It does not hide behind complaints as if we deserve better. It does not claim to be owed anything. But like those lepers, we call out to him in our helplessness, outcasts, hopeless if left to ourselves. Don't imagine that you can make it on your own. Don't imagine that you're owed the help that you need. Rather, call out like the lepers did. Lord, have mercy. For you also know that Jesus is able to help. No matter what you face, the spiritual leprosy of sin eating away at your conscience, maybe you're being attacked by Satan himself, you feel. People can hurt you with words. Or there's, you could be lonely in this life. Whatever it is, Jesus is greater than all of that. For you see, He is our God. He owes you nothing, but His mercy is greater than all of your needs combined. So call on him in faith, knowing how much he wants to help you. For he left the glory of heaven and came to earth as a helpless baby, without even a proper bed. He carried your sins and endured their curse. He died for you. What a wondrous love that is. Such mercy since not even death could hold him down, do you think anything can stop him from delivering you now that he reigns over all with the Lord's right hand? So call upon him in the day of trouble. Your plea for mercy actually glorifies him. No matter how far away you might feel, call out to him as those lepers did. Don't think that you can make it on your own through life any more than those lepers could have cured themselves. Call upon me in the day of trouble. 
such words for each of us. Don't dishonor him by imagining that you really don't need his help. Don't dishonor him by thinking that he owes you something. Rather, faith glorifies him with our plea for mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let's pause for a moment to consider something. My grandfather, he was an engineer on the Wabash Railroad back in the steam railroad era. He was a wonderful man and my hero. Very Christian man. He brought me up in the love of Jesus. But he used to say some of the strangest things. I recall one of the strangest things he ever said when he would be talking to my mom or dad or my uncles, and, uh, and he would say, there's an elephant in the room. I remember as a kid, I would look under the table. I'd look under my chair. And I kept wondering, what in the world is he talking about? But we now, then I did some studying as I became an adult. I even remember wanting to know, if, okay, what does this really mean? What was he talking about? So I did some study and I realized that that phrase, the elephant in the room, it refers to a problem or an obstacle that people to re refuse to acknowledge or see, even though it's painfully obvious and impossible to hide. That phrase actually started, it started in 1882 by a story by Mark Twain called The Stolen White Elephant. In that story, the white elephant bound for India to England as a gift for Queen Victoria, it goes missing and it turns up in New Jersey of all places. And a large number of detectives set out to solve the mystery as to where it is and it's right there in front of them, or walks right by them. But they do not notice the huge elephant that is in plain sight. Well, there is an elephant in this room. There is. Do you see it? Look under the pew. There's an elephant in this room. The elephant is the fact that we are all outrageously sinful. Not one of us is able to keep God's law perfectly. We all deserve to suffer hell and be condemned for the things that we do. And we hate to admit that it's right there with us all the time. Now, I know you're, you may be thinking that I'm talking about somebody else. You're saying, yeah, that's it, Pastor. You give it to them. And if you're thinking that way, here's what I want everybody to do. Turn to someone near you and say, Pastor's talking about you. Come on. 
point to somebody and say, he's talking about you. Well, the elephant is, I'm talking about all of us, even the man in the mirror. The, the elephant is that we all have the leprosy of sin and we cannot heal ourselves. So what does Jesus say, I ask, or you ask? Again, I'm glad you asked. He basically just says to the lepers, he says, go show yourself to the priests. Well, you see, the priests, they were in charge of determining if someone had leprosy or not. The only reason for those ten to go to the priest would be if they were cured. So do you hear Jesus' promise that's implied in that command, go show yourself to the priest? He's promising that they'll be healed. So what do they do? They go. And the healing takes place. Jesus' words also promise to heal us of the leprosy of sin. That's how he answers our plea for mercy. But how do we respond to that healing? How do we respond to the gospel? Those glad tidings that bring us joy and forgiveness and peace with God. Here's the biggest question of the morning. Do we respond like the nine or like the one? Now, there are many ways we can express our thanks to God in our prayers, even in our giving, in the words that we speak to others, by the way we live our day-to-day -day lives as we carry out the roles in our life and more. But notice how the Samaritan did it. He returned to Jesus even though the majority didn't. He threw himself at Jesus' feet, praising God in a loud voice. He did this in public where others could see him. And they could see how important Jesus was to him. Where do we publicly meet with Jesus today? He comes to us here through his word and sacraments. Although we can privately meet with him as we study the word at home, it's really here at church where his word is publicly proclaimed. Here is where the sacraments are given. Here is where we come to praise our God in a loud voice. For here we publicly give him thanks. Do you like to sing? Do you like to sing? Okay, yeah. I've been to churches where the organist starts playing and I'm facing the altar and I'm not sure if anybody's there. And I used to be that way I, I, because I do not consider myself having a very good singing voice. And when I mentioned this once to one of my catechism students, that student... <laughs> filled me with, or gave me probably the best advice I'd ever been given. He said, 
Pastor, uh, doesn't the Lord say that we're just supposed to make a joyful noise to the Lord? And I said, you know, you're right. So doggone it. I'm not a baritone or I'm not going to be on Carnegie Hall stage. I'm going to sing and it's going to be a joyful noise. So when we sing this next song, let's make a joyful noise, okay? Don't worry about giving thanks to Jesus is really all it's about. Doing it publicly, doing it loudly. Can you think of any better way to give thanks to Jesus? And now may the peace of God that extends all human understanding guard and keep your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.